Yeah, same, same for me. Yeah. Um, steak's been... Yeah. And unfortunately, the kids will like steak. I wonder whether it's a reaction to COVID, you know, a bit deplenished? Deplenished? Ah, you mean with, with the, like, yeah. protein or... Dilapidated. Iron deficiencies or Depleted. Flipping yeah. it. This is going to be an interesting podcast. I, can't, I can barely speak. I need more steak. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get started then. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good overnight. I'm Anthony Price. And I'm JB. And how the world has changed uh, since our last podcast. Pro- podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I can barely yeah. speak because of it, really. Yeah. It, it's so, um, ladies and gents, as you know, um, whether you listen to us... Um, via your podcast provider or you're in the live audience today um, for the live audience people you'll be acutely aware of what we're referring to but for the benefit of our uh, listeners it could be listening to this in the future which will be fascinating in itself I suppose to see what we talk about today and whether that rings out true as to what might happen in the future goodness knows um, but of course we're talking about Ukraine and Russia conflict going on right now which feels a bit of a dark place to be um, and I don't know about you, JB, but it feels a bit weird to almost want to think about leadership lessons that can be learned for leaders as part of this podcast. But nonetheless, I think there are some valuable lessons which we'll look to tap into today. Um, and coupled with, of course, our listeners' questions, which can be on anything related to leadership. And we do have a listener question, um, which came in actually from one of our audience members last week, if you don't, if you recall, JB. And we said we'd use that for the podcast this week. So yeah. Um, we'll cover that too. But yeah, what? so JB, what's, what? you know, for, for the benefit of the listeners whether and the audience or listening back to this in the future, um, tell us about how you're feeling right now and 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 your reasons for doing so. And because, you know, don't take this the wrong way. You have a little bit more age on your side than I do. And therefore you perhaps were a little bit older for the <laughs> Bosnian conflict and also, um, uh, oh, sorry, former Yugoslavia conflict. And of course, Vietnam, when I was just a mere whippersnapper. Um, and it wasn't actually perhaps... called up. It wasn't called up for Vietnam, by the way. I'm, I'm not that old. No, um, but... <laughs> but I was. I was. I would think I was two. So um, yeah, I would have not been called up either. Yeah, I. I. Um, I have spent uh, a, a lot of time actually chatting to some army friends uh, in. Yes, it was a pub, and it was during the Six Nations uh, where I was in the pub for about five hours. Um, but one of the guys I was with talked to me about his experience in Iraq, and it really got me thinking about some of the confusion about the fog of war and what, what goes on. And he painted this extraordinary image for me, uh, which was after their arrival in Iraq, uh, for hours and hours and hours, he saw uh, oil tankers uh, going across the horizon uh, with the oil uh, going in the direction, not towards Iraq. Um, and um, I, for him, that was one of the big images uh, of the Iraq war. What's it all about? And he is adamant that the whole thing was about oil. Um, you know, people have different views about the whole thing. Um, and so for me, this um, Ukraine crisis has left me with some um, really big images in my head. Um, and one of the main images that I've got uh, is the president, um, in 
I think something like a sweatshirt or something, mm -hmm. uh, just talking to camera in a very modern way. And what I mean by that, he's, he's of that kind of selfie world. He's of that social media world. Mm. Um, and his communication style is very authentic and real. And then you compare that to Putin. Mm. And it's uh, there was a quote uh, yesterday about blood and iron. Blood and iron being the world of Putin. That is a very old model of, of blood and iron. You go into battle and it's almost like a sort of industrialized view of the world. You just You just use your might and you use blood and sweat and tears and metal and iron and bombs, and then you get what you want. And there we have this, this um, Ukrainian uh, president just uh, talking to his people in a very seemingly relaxed way, despite the fact that he is... Um, you know, the chances of him surviving this are, are pretty slim. Uh, you know, the threat on him and his family and his friends and his country is enormous. And yet he finds the eloquence. So it's this, it's this blood and iron against, um, and I'm not belittling him for this, but the, the, the kind of selfie communication mm. The, the talking to his people directly and speaking in Ukrainian and English. And Russian. And Russian. Uh, and understanding how important it is to keep communicating when things are as dire mm -hmm. as they are. The frequency is, is fantastic and unbelievable. So that, that image um, is is kind of in in my in my head but also the bravery of the the people there's lots of amazing images that that lady going up to that russian troop and saying put these seeds in your pocket um so that when you die uh, sunflowers will grow in your place and you know there's there's things like that which will be in our minds for the for the rest of our lives things like that yeah and also the offer by the Americans, by, by Biden, to um, take the president out of um, Kiev. Um, and he, he says, I don't want to ride. Um, I need ammunition. What, what's interesting is um, a week ago, me and JB tend to plan these podcasts a little bit. <laughs> You'll be surprised. Uh, it's, you know, it's not genuinely this polished naturally without some planning. Uh, I, I joke, of course, for those of you that are regular listeners. But um, a week ago, we were talking about um, before the conflict took off. Um, actually, you know, when is aggression acceptable in leadership? And our conclusion, of course, was going to be it's never acceptable. Um, you know, assertive and aggression are, are two very different things. Yeah. But of course, when Thursday happened, as it did last week for us, I think, I don't think any, or I, I don't think I expected it to affect me as much as it did firstly. Um, I, I talk to my sister-in-law daily at work as well. And, you know, for someone that I know that isn't a huge fan of, of the news, um, you know, it's been really interesting having conversations with her over the last few days about her take on things. 
And I think for a lot of us, um, it's a useful lesson to remind us of the sacrifices that our grandparents and great grandparents made. And, and I think maybe if this conflict can be over today, happy days. And I think it's a, it's, it, it could arguably be a helpful reminder to the free world of the importance of democracy. Um, but to pick up on JB's point, um, I think immediately what I hope all listeners listening to this podcast will listen to, whether this is in the future or it's now, and you're all you're in the live audience is communication is so, so important. Authentic communication is so, so important during a crisis and frequency, you know, JB talks about frequency so, so much in all of the programs that we deliver at Seedle. Um, and the frequency of his communication is such that you're never left waiting for long for reassurance. And I think during a crisis, um, business or, you know, in war situations. And, and again, all these things I never expected in my lifetime from total honest to ever have to refer to, you know, um, the war stories. We are now talking war stories to bring home points around leadership. But there are going to be situations in, in everyday life at work which are far less sinister in their nature where actually there is a crisis and actually there could be a restructuring of your team. There could be a major client that's threatening to pull the plug on you. And as a leader, at those points, we have to look at lessons that need to be learned from these true leaders that we're seeing emerging from this situation. Now, the only disclaimer, now please don't kill me, JB, for saying this, yeah. is that, of course, the president of Ukraine is an actor. That yeah. is his profession. And therefore, his acting skills can also carry him very, very well in a public speaking space. Um, and therefore... Um, I'm not suggesting for a moment he's lacking authenticity because I think he is. Th this is the real deal you're seeing of him here. Um, however, um, he has the advantage of excellent communication skills, which most leaders like Putin, arguably, I don't believe have these human skills. He lacks authenticity. He doesn't talk to his people. He talks to his his people that sit around his very long table in Moscow. And he doesn't he doesn't inspire people. Um, I was listening to the news this morning, JB, and there was a report that suggested in Russia that they're being told that the, tr the Russian troops are being welcomed with flowers in Ukraine because they're being glad to be relieved of the oppression that exists there. Yeah. This is the spin that you're hearing. But of course, it's not coming from Putin himself. It's coming from his mouthpieces that are told from the war room, this is the propaganda, well, you know, this is the reality that we believe the the audience needs to hear. But I, I hate to say it, I think, I don't hate to say it at all, actually. I think the modern world is making it far more difficult to, um, to bullshit your people. <laughs> because I'm, I, I feel a sense of optimism that the public in Russia are actually on the verge of, if, if we collectively stand up against this person, we're in with a fighting chance, although he's incredibly unpredictable. But I, I was trying to rationalize in my head, what would I do if, if, you know, and I was trying to explain to my children over the weekend, because they were asking, well, what's he trying to do? What, why is he doing it? Um, and it was quite a deep conversation for an eight and an 11 year old. The three year old had no Scooby-Doo who's busy throwing food everywhere. Um, but me and my wife were trying to explain to the eight and 11 year old what all this was about. Um, and we were trying to get them to understand the importance of democracy. You know, you and me, JB, have spoken in the last few weeks about 
or, uh, leadership being questioned, um, you know, parties in Downing Street. And actually all of this really pales into insignificance. And, and <laughs> um, I, I, I will be careful because I don't want to make this political, but I, I would, regardless of what's happened in recent times, I'd be incredibly nervous of our opposition party leading us through this period right now, given what we knew of the potential alternative. And actually, even if I look at the shadow cabinet today, I'm not sure they have the leadership that could have led us if we are, you know, what happens in the next few weeks, I don't know. But we had a defence minister that was on television this morning that that my sister-in-law said when she got into work, because we worked together, um, how impressed she was, how authentic he was. Never heard of him before. He came on, he answered straight questions with straight answers. And he gave her the reassurance that actually we're in, in control of stuff. It's not a good picture. We can talk about what we can talk about. We can't, can't talk about what we can't talk about. And too often leaders, you know, and, and this, could this be um, a, an uprising from the flames for uh, our current leader? Who knows? I think he always wanted to be a wartime prime minister, but perhaps um, maybe he might regret what he wished for. But I have to say, um, I would be very scared about anyone else leading this country, the group of people at the top, not the top. I still have big concerns over Mr. Johnson as being leader of our country, but I certainly feel very confident with the experts that he's surrounded by and he listens to them. Um, even if he blusses his way in the media, I'm not entirely sure, but <clears throat> so sorry to summarize for me, communication is so important that JB's touched upon here. Um, you have to communicate to your people in a crisis as frequently and authentically as possible. And you also need to be honest about the things you can't be honest about. And I'm sure that the Ukrainian president is giving that authenticity to his people to say, this is the situation. Um, you know, this is what we want you to do internationally. And we all trust in the fact that there are things he can't say for obvious reasons, because if it's being observed by other countries, um, it needs to be galvanizing the NATO led countries, I presume, and the rest of the world. Um, and then the minority of countries that are on the side of Putin that he's not giving away too much that could leak back, that could be used in propaganda against him. That was a ramble. Sorry. Wow. Well, I'd so I've just thought of uh, Ricky. Ricky <laughs> I'm sat Rick, next to someone in the office and looked at me again. Fucking hell, Ant. I think Ricky, Ricky Gervais for prime minister. Oh, I'm not, I, I did see he was yesterday on Twitter saying, I'm going to go live at six if anyone's interested. Did that I end mean, up being something big, does it? Oh, he's. I mean, he. I. I. I hadn't even seen that. I just think you know, um, all comedians, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. stand up um, because actually, uh, you know, if you're a comedian and actor, you've got a you've got a big future ahead of you as as great leaders of countries. Uh, if you want to, should we form an agency well, um, and actually go and go and kind of get some? And, you make and an offer interesting point. Am, am I correct in thinking again? Sorry, ages against me here, Mister Bradley. Uh, Ronald Reagan is still in the top five of all time presidents, uh, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he's an he, actor. He was. He was. Um, I do you know. I saw some footage of him recently, and I mean, he, okay, he couldn't act, but I mean, he had a lot of presence. <laughs> I don't know. I never watched any of his films. Oh my God! You really ought to to um, get get a few of his films out. <laughs> I mean, he's got a lot of swagger, and he was a he was a good looking guy. You know, mm. he he really was. And and unfortunately, by the time he got to be president, he was completely bonkers. Um, however, uh, he got along pretty well with Thatcher, and that was um, a little golden romance. And I saw a picture of 
uh, I think it was Ronald Reagan, hmm. um, Bush, who was his foreign secretary or deputy um, president or something anyway, yeah. um, and um, Thatcher and um, the former president of Russia. Um, <laughs> it's kind of out of my head. I was on a roll and then I flipping blew it. You mean Gorbachev? Gorbachev, thank you very much. Let's You're welcome. See, I'm going a bit mad now. Um, and that was a little bit of a golden age. So, yes, absolutely well pointed out. There is there is history here. But so th- the point then about what you were saying earlier is if you are um, able to act and uh, perform mm-hmm. and tell jokes on stage and all of that kind of stuff, then is there a kind of case there that you fake it till you make it? So, you know, you've talked about authenticity, which is really important. Mm. And I've always felt, always felt. <laughs> I lack authenticity. Cheers, Jamie. No, not at all. No, you're bloody authentic. Um, but I think that um, if you act, if you go on a stage and you perform uh, different roles, and, you know, particularly if you go into kind of um, method acting and, you know, I, I, my daughter, actually, who's an opera singer, uh, signed up for uh, a whole load of acting um, uh, on stage. And you, you, would, you would go into this room and they would suddenly change the script Mm-hmm. Uh, to something else and it would be like about four lines and you had to pick it up and then carry on having a conversation with the person that you were talking to uh, in a different style and so uh, her experience of that was that it was petrifying but it allowed her to be more <laughs> confident uh, in her delivery and to deal with the anxiety of all of this change and stuff going on on stage in front of peers and so on, which is, as we know, is quite scary. And uh, mm. I, I think for her, it gave her more confidence to communicate more of her rather than having to be a fake. It was really interesting. Uh, and it, yeah, I, I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm swinging it around a bit. No, 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 absolutely. No, I I think where we're going here, I think, as a a leadership podcast, if we may, is leadership and communication are completely critically aligned to be a recipe for success. If we look at all these politicians around the world, um, I don't think Biden's blowing people out the water at the minute with his leadership, and I think that he probably was the calm that was required after the storm love trump or hate trump i'm the the one of the people that strongly disliked him um you know he was a good communicator he roused his 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 party faithful um boris johnson has done a very successful campaign of of leading the brexit vote um and more recently the conservative party and and therefore to win the biggest election since thatcher thatcher was a, an exceptionally good communicator that could handle the journalists and cope under pressure, communicating exceptionally well. George Bush, 9-11. You and me both watched that documentary on BBC, I think, a few months ago when it was the 20th anniversary. And um, my God, I wouldn't have wanted to do his job that day. But he, I have to say, I think he absolutely summed up the mood of the world and the nation. Um, 
and and actually felt like he was the leader of the free world. Certainly for me, watching that back, thinking I remember how dark those days were. And where and if you look on any social media channel today, and what's interesting is we listen back to this in two years' time. This guy could royally balls it up between now and two years' time, and there could be a completely different opinion. Winston Churchill is seen as you know Churchillian, and you know there's, there was a there was a bust of Churchill, isn't there, somewhere in the White House, I believe, still today. Um, and you know he he was seen as this beacon of Didn't hope. Obama have it removed, or was it? No, it's, I think it was Trump, wasn't it? Or was it Obama? I think Obama um, had the the Winston Churchill bust removed. Was it or from put, the put in storage or something? I think it was. I think it was in the Oval Office, but it was moved somewhere else in the White House. So I think it's still there, but right. not perhaps the first thing that you see when you walk into the room. Yeah. But but my point is, is if we look at these people that are, you know, and actually if you look at Churchill historically. There's a lot of things he got wrong, and actually his style of leadership was pretty appalling. But but in a cry, you know, this is what you, me and JJB talk about so often, is that anyone can be a good leader when times are good, arguably. Although I do think the younger generation now are seeing through, you can't just stand, you know, if everything's going fine, you've still got to make me feel valued and focused, and I'm not sure that can now come like it could do a few years ago. But... It's how leaders cope in periods of uncertainty that make or break the the quality of that leader. I absolutely believe that. And the and the point that I I wanted to make earlier was that wouldn't it be a good idea to practice your communication? You know the frequency, quality, and impact of your communication um, before you get to the point of that absolute crisis, because um, my own experience. Um, of that situation uh, in dealing with crises and seeing other people do it, if you're not practised in it, you can go into a, into a state of inertia, your nerves get the better of you, um, your breathing goes pear-shaped, uh, and you, you can't concentrate, you, you kind of lose, you lose the communication skill. And actually, I think what happens in a lot of situations like that the the leader goes into a bunker and stops doing the frequent communication uh, because they go into a state of inertia uh, because they're not practiced in a crisis when they've been part of a corporate organization or any organization where actually it's worked really well you mm -hmm. know they've had success all the way until this crisis and it's untested they haven't been tested in that situation so my my point about um, you know uh, being on stage or practicing being in a situation like that, I think there's huge advantage to actually keep communicating when things have gone uh, in the wrong direction. Keep and practice how to do it, how you deal with it yourself. Yeah. Uh it's it's such a big topic isn't it this really in the grand scheme of things me and jb do leadership webinars um extensively and over the last two years well before two years ago it was always about creating certainty in uncertain times yeah um and generally speaking it was very much micro situations that are relevant to the organization's restructuring it was less about policy change and regulated changes that would impact the business model, although certainly the environments had impact on certain industries and so on and so forth. Then for the last two years, 
um, it's all been about the COVID leadership. How do you lead people virtually? How do you lead people when we don't know what the government are going to do to impact your organization, which is ultimately going to dictate the success or failure of your business? And therefore, how do you lead a sinking ship? Because our business is going to fail in the next six weeks because it's been shut down again because of lockdowns. Yeah. Um, and the leadership has all been about empathy for the individual. But what I sense could change now for me and JB to reflect upon for our leadership webinars and the conference we're doing in April. Tickets are available. See seedlgroup.com for details. Um, terms and conditions apply. Um, <laughs> uh, is a lot of this is outside of our control. You know, to be completely honest, we hopefully, touch woods, will not be dragged into front row seats of conflict between Russia and other potential countries that want to take sides with Russia and the free world, whatever you want to call it. And um, therefore, ironically, I would say there is more fear in my team's eyes. If I've been talking to people over the last few days, it's been one of, I feel quite scared about this. Yeah. Um, and as a leader, we could be scared too. <laughs> um, and I, I will admit, you know, I've watched on the news thinking, fuck, excuse my language. <gasps> I have to, it's, it's, Hey, we can mark it as explicit you live audience. We do say on the description, uh, the language could be colorful. Um, hopefully there's no children in the background for the live audience. If you're listening on a podcast provider, please make sure your headphones are in at all times. Thank you. Times conditions apply. Um, sorry, but I, I think. Um, I've even forgotten what I'm saying now. What was I saying? Well, I, I, I don't know, and I'm oh. kind of yeah, you, you've, you've zoned out. Yeah. Well, no, I just noticed um, that uh, there's a there's a call coming in, um, oh. and it's my daughter bringing my granddaughter uh, to to my house. And um, so, when you were talking about kids and using swear words, oh. uh, that suddenly um, took me slightly off the rails. But there so we go. My, my my expert next to me just reminded me what I was talking about. Oh, good. Um, what was it again? Being scared and trying to create calm for you know. So. I think that the fear two years ago is, is my job safe? And am I going to be okay? Because I might be physically unwell due to the COVID pandemic. Yeah. Now it's now it's about, is our nation going to be under attack in the next six weeks? Or, you know, or is it um, just when I thought things were getting back to normal within a week of announcing the end of restrict? In fact, no, it was, it was arguably Thursday was supposed to be Freedom Day for us last week. And then the same day, we then have war breaking out in, in, in Europe. And... I think the role of a leadership now is, is, you know, very much of we, the, the sh our ship is fine. The ocean is rough. We need to now keep that, that, that ship sailing safely through rather murky, unpredictable waters. Um, but we, by the way, we serve clients that have employees yes. in Ukraine and Russia. Um, and I think one of the things that I'm also keen to do as I see it right now is the people of Russia are as against conflict as the rest of the world are. And this is being led by one person. And actually, I think a leader in Russia re leading their people right now must be in a really difficult place that I've not even comprehended yet. How do you lead a team if you're in a country which is attacking the rest of the world, which you are, it's completely against your value system? And how on earth do we create inspiration how do we create direction of travel if we're constantly thinking what are my colleagues thinking of me well i noticed um one of our <coughs> one of our previous clients um i say previous we we may well be working with them again very soon but um they 
uh, were in Ukraine, um, this particular person, and they were sending out a message to their colleagues in Russia. <laughs> uh, because, you know, this is a big global corporate organization. Uh, and it was the, the tone of the message uh, was, uh, you know, we hope you're all right too, which is quite amazing, really, um, given that Ukraine is being invaded by Russians. The message was to go out to the Russians, you know, uh, it's it's okay. Um, you know, we, 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 we work together we 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 are good together um and we stand together um and that just uh, really struck me actually is you know big 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 corporate organizations have have people in russia and ukraine yeah um and they 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 how do you how do you lead that and how do you keep that going well you and me went to germany didn't we a few years ago and inevitably when you go out for lunch and drinks with a german group of people uh conversation often talks about you know, what they've done since the war. And actually, until yesterday, I think there was a lot of frustration from the German people that we're not that we're not protecting a free world. We're being too passive because we were seen as the previous aggressor. Um, but I think there were times in the uh, you know mid-late 90s where Russia could have had that same perception. It could have built the reputation of being no different to the rest of the free world. But unfortunately, Mr. Putin has wanted to consistently wind the, the clock backwards to, to, to going back to a Soviet Soviet state or Soviet Union as such. Um, and I think, again, I think technology and advancement of the world has now shone a real spotlight on these people that they're, they are a dying breed. Um, I, I, think, I think Putin underestimated, actually, the selfie. I think he underestimated hmm. um, technology uh, and also uh, the Zelensky um, president probably wrote him off as a as a comedian actor yeah um I completely underestimated his leadership underestimated uh the power of social media and i noticed i noticed that uh elon musk has put one of his satellites uh above ukraine has so he? that uh yeah so that they can carry on um communicating via the internet uh, which I think is massively important yes. uh, for uh, the president to get his messages out to his people, mm. because also there is misinformation uh, going to, to add to the mix of confusion and chaos. Like, you know, um, the president's been captured, um, Kiev's yeah. fallen, and all of that is, is being bombarded to these people. Um, mm. And yet, you know, they're not they're not putting the white flag up they no. know that's rubbish and and i think that's his genius um because he's talking to them directly and he's doing it frequently he's keeping them informed of what's happening um and you know that's that's consolidating their effort and keeping them keep, keeping them strong i think putin also underestimated uh europe um yeah in particular in coming together and I have a I do have an opinion about what's what's happened and I think initially uh Europe was in a state of inertia it didn't quite know what to do with this it didn't quite know what Putin was up to what he was going to do um I I you know getting everyone around a table would have been very very difficult yeah. Germany's got all sorts of interests uh, with Russia and pipelines and all sorts of things 
Um, and I think it's quite complicated to pull Europe together. Mm. But something's happened. Well, Turkey and Turkey and the UK were the first to close the airspace, weren't they? Um, yeah. And only yesterday, for the listeners listening back, um, was it announced that the whole of the EU were collectively also shut in the airspace. Yeah. And as you say, it's fantastic. You know, this was a huge bureaucratic machine that to could get- never do it. I don't know Absolutely. about you, JP, but I, I felt a sense of pride that, wow, we, we're coming together as a continent. You know, I'm EU so glad money- you said that, and because, you know, we, I, we've had our differences about the EU and... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know Europe and so on, but I, I, I am proud to be European right now, mm-hmm. um, and I think the whole uh, thing with SWIFT, the, the banking system, and what's happening with that is excellent. The airspace um, with the whole of pretty much the whole of Europe actually banning um, oligarchs in their private jets from flying, let alone everyone else. <laughs> Farm, uh, I live. I live near Farnborough Airport. I suspect that's going to be quite busy now with parked up jets for the next few. Oh months. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and also um, the the bank bank rolling armaments from Germany yeah. to Ukraine, unheard of, yeah. absolutely unheard of. So I, I do you know what I reckon this is about? I have a theory. I do have a theory of what's happening here, and I think we got it's rather like that boulder up a hill. It's getting it to the top, and I think the 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 workings out of the eu has changed to the point where they feel actually putin is losing yes putin 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 is has signed his own death warrant yeah. he is going to go message in the other day yeah he's going to go it's just a question of how long it takes and how much damage is done in the in in the process i think i think he's blown it i think the eu know it and they're going to assist him um, with his own suicide. I, th- I, I, th- I, I would agree with you. I think that's happened in in literally in the last few days. I think there's a turning point where they think, do you know what? There's enough momentum here to get the boulder up to the top of the hill and then it will roll. And there's yeah. nothing he can do about it. No. And 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 I think and I, I think uh, I've said this possibly on social media over the weekend, actually, that I would be happy to pay more for my gas to 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 give the shock that, that Russia needs to understand that we don't need yeah. them. And I think that was the arrogant perspective of Putin. I would happily pay double for my gas for the next six months if it means that it protects a free state or a free world from remaining so. Um, and and I'm glad that, that Germany have indeed pretty much also announced not only they're going to put more money and weapons into Ukraine, they're also going to build a you know natural energy reserve, which means they're not relying on instant impact of a gas supply being turned off. Um, and yeah, and, and like JB says, we, we have our differences on, I mean, we're actually, we're very close to the same opinion. We just happen to vote differently in the EU referendum. Um, but um, I think the EU should always and europe it's not about the eu i think the europe should always be united um and actually this is where the eu and europe should have been what the eu should be about it's about a collective um and doing things as one and being united so that people can feel safe etc and move around europe freely um around the free world um so it's it's um it's it's a good feeling and it was interesting. So JB knows that we won a Seedle won an award on on Friday. We had to yeah. go and collect it from uh, Theo Pafitis. 
um, which was very nice in itself. Um, but in advance of this awards ceremony, they did a um, survey that closed the day before the invasion. And it was all around business optimism, pre and post COVID, what's keeping the business owners awake at night, all those sorts of things. And Theo Pafitas came on and said, look, you know, this survey was done and it closed, unfortunately, the day before Ukraine. And there was this collective, yeah, <laughs> because I think there was a real sense of, um, um, a week ago today, you and me were doing this podcast and, yeah. and there was a sense of Putin's an idiot. He's not really stupid enough to really do this, is he? Anyway, hey, freedom this week, yada, yada, yada. And, and off we went. And I, and I think um, there was a sense of optimism. I still, but I actually still feel very optimistic, but I don't feel optimistic necessarily about the economy recovering as quickly as it was going to. But I do feel optimistic that for once, for once we're all going to be proud to be British and European, whether we're in or out of the EU, doesn't make any difference. We are a collective free world. And I think um, if we can end this conflict quickly, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a great win for the world uh and a loss for russia and a bit of a smack on the ass for for china as well um to say you try this on guys you ain't going to win against the free world you need to really rethink your strategies around how you dictate to people so i think it's a beginning of of a of a sense of hope i hope this is the case because in a week you know this this podcast may not age well <laughs> um, well but- oh god you uh, well i hope it does in terms of being optimistic about uh, these acts of leadership happening uh, all over Europe, I would say. And I think that uh, collectively, uh, there is a great deal of very strong leadership going on in the face of uh, some fairly dramatic uh, and scary uh, decisions being made in the Kremlin uh, by one man. It does seem to be a total, total autocracy. Have you seen the footage of Putin um, and his generals looking, you know, when he started talking about uh, the nuclear... um, Yeah, going on to a a different level of alert. Yeah, yeah, nuclear readiness. I looked at the generals and and they looked absolutely petrified. These are grown men. And they're petrified with this with this guy. I think it was like, what? That wasn't in the script. Well, then, but then I think last Tuesday was where he was he was basically telling one of his other um, defense ministers, uh, you know, speak speaking speak plainly here, speak simple, yes. use simple words. No, no, yeah. no, you didn't say it properly. Say it again. And yeah. you could see the guy getting more and more. And no one else wanted to gloat at him because they thought I could be next. So there was this complete sense in the room of, oh god. History, history tells us this this doesn't end well um, for the for the perpetrator. No. It doesn't end well, but and and that go, just goes back to this this timing issue. But so you know, on a, on a on the basis of our response, um, what else uh, does the world need to do uh, to up its leadership game from here? Well. It's a good one because, um, as you know, I'm one of the founders of of Seedle, and you know there has been some discussion around how we should communicate and lead through this because we yeah. have, as I say, users in Ukraine and in Russia, um, and these people are, um, you know, uh, 
are no doubt people that are all living with an absolute wish to have a peaceful world and want to exist and learn and develop. Um, and, um, you know, we, I think as businesses, business leaders have to think about how we communicate to our colleagues internally about our position on things. And also I think we are encouraged to be transparent with outside as to what we also feel about the situation. But yeah, do you remember the subject of Brexit? We used to talk about a lot, you know, it's, it's disappeared into insignificance, but I think as a people manager right now, any of you on the podcast, you know, either in the live audience or listening back, you know, I think um, <clears throat> there is um, a need, I think, to, to really communicate with our people right now. Um, if work is certainty, <laughs> if you've got people in these conflict situations who may well be in hiding, um, you know, communication, I think, about and reassurance and stability where you can reassure them is so important. Um, so I think my message to people in my business today, um, well, I've not got meetings today, but, um, would be very much one of, you know, we should be hopeful. This is a, you know, a quick and painless exercise. Um, and you know, this is going to make the free world stronger and we should be optimistic about that and try and look for lessons that remind us of the fragility of democracy and the free world and, and that's how I would be wanting to position it as a leader to my people. I think as a business going to clients, I think it's a bit more tricky um, because, of course, as someone said yesterday, um, cutting off or BP selling a 20% stake in their organization um, is going to damage is gonna, their is gonna, business. Gonna, yeah, it's, gonna, it's actually going to put them from profit to loss. This yeah. Year, yeah. To it. It's a good call, so, though. It's the right call. It is. It, it's a selfless call. And let's hope their creditors support and their shareholders well they can't not but you know but ironically this impacts nearly everyone in the uk that has a pension because yeah. most pension schemes will be in part probably having some money in one of these big oil companies shell or bp are both very big i think shell and bp are both on the uk stock exchange if i'm not mistaken yeah um it will have an impact um on 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 the cost of living and everything and therefore, sometimes we have to lead our people through rather tricky things. And I think as again, as a business, business leaders are going to be under more pressure because they're going to have a cost of living going up for their employees. And therefore, do we have to put our prices up to be able to be able to pay our people more money? There's so many things we have to consider as a business leader right now and as a people manager. It depends on the level, I guess, those leaders are at, doesn't it? Yeah. There was a great quote I heard on the radio this morning, which is, I can deal with despair. It's just the hope that gets me. So it's like, you know, despair. Yeah, I, I know all about despair. I can, I can, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I can, I'm okay with that. It's just the hope thing uh, that freaks me out. And, and so, hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. So th either the diminishment of hope, what's happening, what's happening to hope? D despair, I get. Hope is a whole, different ball game if we lose our hope um we, we it's hopeless hope a hopeless situation is is a is a is a real worry despair yeah i can do despair and you know i i think that that for our you know for what we do with our people it's thinking about um the hope and working working on that sense of uh hope and not becoming hopeless 
and feeling a sense of hopelessness it it's um it's a really interesting perspective because as i've said to you jb before you know when we first founded seedle um what kept the morale and motivation and confidence in our company alive was the hope of where we, we know where yes. we're going we have a plan uh, yeah. if we don't have a plan that's when things start to fall to pieces and if i look at times in my life <clears throat> where anxiety has been high it's because there isn't a direction of travel we're just waiting and there's too many unknowns that are causing this confusion as to which direction we go in so i think as a leader you are absolutely right jb we have to even if we don't have it nailed in our heads we have to give a vision of hope yes <laughs> to our people um and it's a really interesting point and so 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 dealing with the despair of the situation on the one hand and understanding empathizing being clear about despair that people will be feeling in their truckloads half a million people have left uh, or are in the process of leaving ukraine now i believe there's about three and a half million people maybe i've got my figures slightly wrong but i think it's it's at least three million people uh, left in Kiev uh, now. Uh, it, you know, it's a population of 4 million uh, in Kiev. And, you know, uh, that's an awful lot of people uh, that um, are in a state of de despair and they will start running out of food uh, and, and things that they need pretty damn quickly mm -hmm. uh, from here. Uh, that, that is a, a, a situation... Um, that is horrific and the messaging from Zelensky uh, needs to be very very good and it is to deal with the despair and the hope what hope is there left and how does he communicate that level of hope and you know I, I think that the same applies to any any country right now these are very very worrying times and, and we need to feel some sense of hope um, rather than hopelessness. I tell you something, this is not a leadership podcast as normal. Those that are regular listeners to our podcast will know that it's a lighthearted laugh generally on the latest leadership <laughs> lessons in the corporate world. Occasionally we get political. In fact, we've got political quite a bit in the last few months. And then something like this. Understandably, I'd say, and understandably, really. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to take the politics out of it if you're talking about global leadership and because it has such an impact yeah. um, on businessmen and women right now. And I think yeah. it's I don't I don't apologize for that, actually. I think it's really important that we we are capable of, of covering it and also dealing with slight differences in our own um, political persuasions and views. Because isn't it more important now? Uh, to understand the, the importance of um, diversity and inclusion and peace. I'm adding that on uh, to, you know, the importance of inclusion uh, mm. in, in an organisation, in a country, in a continent, um, and actually, you know, deciding to invade someone else's territory uh, either because you think you own them and they're part of, you know, the Kremlins, uh, you know, think twice about that. You know, they, they, they are an independent, sovereign, democratic country with a democratically elected comedian. 
who is turned out to be the most brilliant leader of our time. I was going to suggest we go to listener questions now, but I'm not <laughs> sure that the change of gear is right for this particular <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But, uh, so we've had we've had a listener question submitted via globalleadershippodcast at gmail.com or glp at seedle.com. Uh, there's a number of you in the live audience as well, which to be fair, normally we have people coming in and out, but they've all stuck with us today, which is interesting. If you have a live audience question, I'm going to go for the live audience questions. But if you submit a question, we're going to do it next week because I just think it's... The questions I've got here are very, are compl- I mean, they're a complete. So one of the questions, JB, is how do I deal with one of my direct reports who is a complete swear word in the swear word? Um, I'd so- love to know more about the swear words. And and also, what is the problem with this person? Uh, you know, because people come to work with lots of different um, issues. And I'm doing quite a lot of work about this, and this is why. And the way that I would react to someone who is a control freak rather than a vi- victim or a rescuer or, um, you know, someone who is basically just a bully, my response to that would be entirely different in each case. So mm. I think I, I want to make a plea to anybody who does write in and wants to ask a question. Be as specific as you can if there is a problem with an individual uh, because it will help us to kind of work out how we would recommend an approach, because it's going to be different with different types of people. There is no, one of the greatest things uh, I think you and I know from our leadership experience, Ant, is not one size will not fit all. Yeah. And I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to do a one size fit all. And then it's someone tries it and it's, oh my goodness, it didn't work because this person's a complete narcissist. I think you and I, the, the, so again, so if there's any in the live audience, if you want to ask a question, your last chance to do it, submit it in the Q&A box. You can mark the question as anonymous and therefore we only see your question. We don't see your name. If you don't mark it as anonymous, we will see your name, but we'll only read out your first name. But just be aware of, of course, this podcast will be uploaded to all the podcast platforms around the world. And of course, if you are in the audience and want to listen to our back catalogue and you're brand new to Finding Seedle's leadership podcast, search Seedle on any leadership, sorry, on any podcast provider and you'll see the Global Leadership Podcast will come up as the first result. It's the most popular podcast that we do. Um, JB, um, so to come back on your your point in a bit more context, there is some more context to it. And it sounds Ah. to me, you and me many moons ago used to do a leadership program where we talked about conflict resolution with a big ego. And I sense there is a big ego at play where the person is a high performer, but their attitude and their behavior amongst their peers and other people in the business are is appalling and the company needs to weigh up the pros and cons of keeping this individual on board. We've had these sorts of questions before. Um, but your last chance to get a, a question. By the way, before we, because um, we're nearly out of time as well, um, we must remind everybody in the audience, both recorded, listening back, and in the live audience today, that we are running a leadership conference. Uh, it's an opportunity for uh, our lovely um, organ- uh, people to join me and JB in person in Brighton, um, which is a town on the south coast of is is a town, isn't it? It's not a city. Um, it's uh, going to be a conference where it's going to be two days of great stuff around leadership. It's very, very practical, lots of activities and things. For the live audience, I've put the link into the chat box if you want to click it so you can see all more information about it. And of course, if you're an enterprise client's employee, um, you get a discounted rate as well. I have to say that. Uh, anyway, JB, anything to add 
well, to the egomaniac tough direct reports so we're lightening the mood before the end of the podcast we want to give people some hope well wherever you're from whether it's johannesburg shanghai bogota uh make sure that you come to our conference in brighton <laughs> yeah there we go but yeah. uh, if you're in russia start walking now yeah because you can't fly. might take you might take you a while um i've got i i you made a really good point Ant, earlier and that's about about the people of russia um i uh, when people get all funny and a bit racist about russians i get a bit funny about that at the moment because my experience of um russian people is that they are wonderful lovely human beings just like everybody else um i think that they have the misfortune uh to have a megalomaniac uh, as their leader right now. Um, but I think the message uh, that we would like to give them is that we are equally uh, on your side because I think that you have a big battle ahead uh, in your part of the world. Um, and uh, we don't want yeah. you to be a pariah state. Uh, we don't <laughs> want that to be the case. Um, you know, we we want to have you back in uh, in a in a big way in the years to come might not be uh, immediate but hopefully that will will come about um in at some point in the future so um i i want to get that message out there and i'm going to use my linkedin and my facebook and everything to to cover that one off i don't want russian people to feel uh, that they are a pariah state it is their leader who is doing the damage to their reputation abroad if you however support putin then we have a different opinion of you <laughs> yeah don't bother um, listening to this pod podcast if you are a supporter of putin donald don't worry about it nigel don't worry don't listen to our podcast not interested in you not interested in people like you don't donald, bother listening so you so say you block donald donald trump nigel farage and vladimir putin are not allowed to listen to this podcast do not listen to this podcast <laughs> or there'll be trouble ahead uh any exciting plans over the next uh well few days? uh i have been on a minor shopping spree oh. uh i have bought a car seat um a portable um table seat uh and some what my daughter calls dodos which is what you stick in a baby's gob those a dummy or we'd yep. like to call them dds in this house oh do, yeah we call them dodos and uh i've got some ningy news and i've got uh some nappies and some wipes his this wife's all... his wife's come home from the pub basically ladies and gents <laughs> needs some comforting <laughs> so yeah no that i'm i am about as excited as one can be my granddaughter i am going to dorset tomorrow to pick up my granddaughter and my daughter not just my granddaughter that would i don't know how that would work but um yeah i'm picking them up i'm going all the way to dorset and i'm bringing them all the way back um and then i've got them for about four or five days and i couldn't be more excited uh i do hope you're going to either pop in with them for a cup of tea on the way through because you have to pass my within three miles of my front door well that is true um it just depends whether we're in dodo stage and in a new stage or dd stage i don't know we might Fair even enough. be dumpy poo stage no and this is just uh, you yeah and it is a bit of a mercy mission i'm going down to dorset my daughter's just having a little bit of a you know she's feeling a bit isolated and a bit miserable so i said right that's it i'm coming 
So I'm going down there. I'm, it, I'm, this is like a three or 400 mile trip to go yes. and pick up my daughter and bring her back. It's a long haul. So Dorset is effectively an hour and a half from my house and you are two and three quarter hours from my house to your house because you're yeah. on the East Coast and Dorset is pretty much south, as far south as you can go before you have to go to Cornwall to get any further. Absolutely. Um, but for those who have children, um, one of the things that I will be doing with my granddaughter tomorrow is singing stick, 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 stick. Those of you who have children will know that's one of the big CB, CD, GB, D, thing numbers uh i think that's available around the world isn't it i think uh, so i'm trying to remember yeah. the program but yes sticky sticky stick stick have you done stick stick oh it... yeah yeah it's a oh, wow game. it's a yeah. new one to me um uh yeah 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 anyway well good luck with that uh, we look forward to finding out all about that next week um okay and i promise um, not to sing it again for those who no no please do i'm sure switched off at that point i'm just glad you stopped to 15 seconds because we get to 30 seconds we have to pay royalties <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. Kidding. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for your time, everybody. Uh, see you on the next webinar. I've been Anthony Price. And I've been JB, and hope to see you on our next little uh, podcast. See you later. Bye bye. Goodbye.